the number one Costa Rica real estate and investment podcast, bringing you experts from all over Costa Rica. Good morning, guys. Welcome to episode 115 of Costa Rica Real Estate and Investments with me, your host, Richard Bexon. Today, we're going to be talking with David Carr, who we've had on the podcast as well. Um, the reason I'm getting some of these guys back on the podcast is I'm really looking to get a, you know, a kind of sense of what's going on in the market. I mean, I, I have a sense, but it's always good to kind of hear it from the, horse, the uh, horse's mouth here. Uh, no offense to David on that one. Um, but it's it's you know it's it's really trying to get an idea of kind of what's going on in that market, what's selling, what's not. Um, but also with David, we're going to be chatting a little bit today about vacation rentals and also Airbnb. Kind of maybe if there's a saturation in the market and what impact that's having in the Hako kind of Playa Hermosa area as well. As many of you know, David actually has the Cold War Banker franchise in Hako. He's a great guy. We've had him on the podcast numerous times, uh, and is always a wealth of knowledge. Remember, guys, if you need anything from us or would like any help uh, investing here in Costa Rica, due diligence, um, you know, basically uh, anything or just getting some assistance, feel free to email us info at investingcostarica.com. That's info at investingcostarica.com. Uh, if you're enjoying this podcast, guys, please give us a great review, five stars, thumbs up. Uh, and uh, as the, I think they have in the UK, uh, pass the pod, as they call it here. So share it with some people um, and uh, see if they'd also enjoy it as well. Um, but anyway, enough from me. Um, let's get straight into talking with David. Good morning, David. How are you doing? I'm well. I'm, uh, I'm, it's a beautiful day out here, so I'm excited to talk to you. It kind of feels like summer's coming, right? Oh, man, I think we are due for summer. It's been a long winter, and I yeah. think we're actually going to get it a little bit early. I, I feel like December, uh, which is really when we start our summer, it's going to kick in more like in the, in the next few days. I agree. I agree. Yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, I just got back from Guanacaste yesterday. Um, you know, there wasn't any rain up there at all. Clouds, a little bit of clouds, but not much. But it was, I was like, this is fear, like summer's coming. And then, you know, here in the Central Valley this morning is, it, feel, it starts to cloud over, but we're not really getting any rain. So I can see it's definitely transitioning, which is nice to see. So Yeah, um, and that's the best time of year here, right? I think a lot yeah. of people don't realize that transition from our winter to summer where everything's lush and green here. And then it's just all sunny days on top of that. It's a great time of year. Well, and rates are a lot less as well. So you can still get great deals on stuff in November just because the, you know, the, the wave does not come until, you know, late December, you know, and then we start to hit the, hit the rates. So a lot of, you know, hotels and uh, rental homes, you know, keep their rates all the way up to like December 18th. So you get still those low season, you know, kind of rates there until the, the high season kicks in. So I think it's a great time to come and visit. I agree. Sure. I agree. So, well, David, really appreciate you coming back on the, on, on the podcast. We'd love to have you on here. You know, your insight, I think, is, is uh, very valuable uh, to anyone that listens to this. Um, I mean, you know, the, the question that I think is on everyone's mind at the moment is that, you know, with these, you know, the federal or Fed, Central, uh, you know, Bank of Europe, England, uh, you know, increasing, you know, um, uh, interest rates there and the impact that that's having. I think a lot of people are questioning, you know, kind of their investments at the moment. But how are you seeing that roll into Costa Rican, you know, real estate? And how do you think it's going to impact, you know, 2023? Yeah, I mean, probably echoing a lot of people that um, that you talk to, we're seeing it hasn't really impacted us like I yep. had really thought. Um, there is still plenty of activity. Um, interest is still strong. Sales are still doing, um, they're still well. Um, 
I would say that there is, it, it's hard to really give you a real concise answer because it's coincided with our low season. So yeah. September, October, um, it's always going to be a little bit slower here with travel. And I think also too, the other factor is the lack of inventory. Um, I think that you're seeing a lot of people where they're not acting or maybe they're not buying because simply there isn't what they're looking for. Um, so I, I think that's definitely impacting things, slowing things down to maybe where it was and the speed and the pace that it was a few months ago, but by no means has it fallen off a cliff. It is still quite active and still plenty busy. What do you think 2023 is going to look like? I mean, you know, January, February, March, our busy season. Do you think it's going to be a, you think it's going to be as crazy as 2022 or do you think it's going to be a little, you know, a little slower? I would imagine, I mean, just with the economic climate and everything going on, yep. I can't see how it wouldn't be less busy, right? Yeah. I just think that there's less money floating out there. Um, I think there's more people that are going to be cautious and in caution. So I would just assume that you're going to see less volume. However, we also have a lot less inventory to begin with, right? Yeah. So I, you know, the, the reality is I don't think that the market could meet the demand of maybe 12, 18 months ago. I mean, the, yeah. the inventory is just not here. So it's it's kind of a wash, right? I think it's kind of um, evening out with what we have as far as supply. And I think that goes yeah. throughout the country. No, it does. I mean, I mean, as I mentioned to you, you know, I mean, we've got 15 builds going on at the moment that we're project managing. So, you know, it's a lot of people just can't get what they're looking for. And I'm like, look, there is a big equity play to be had in building as well. And like, we do this. So don't worry about it. Like, we'll take care of everything for you and hold your hand through the whole thing. And like, you know, the whole thing ends up costing, you know, 600,000, but now you've got a 900, $1 million property, you know, at the end of it. Um, you know, and it's, it's, it, I mean, there is that, that play to be had, of course, you know, it's not everybody wants to do it, but I think that we're about to start seeing a lot more inventory start to come on the market because a lot of people are building as well. And, and we need new stuff on the market as well. Yeah. And, and again, I think it's going to match up perfectly. I mean, the, the speed and pace of development in Costa Rica, it, it doesn't yeah. go fast, right? And it yeah. doesn't tend to saturate the market. So I, I think that pace is going to match up well, even if there is a little bit of a pullback in the market. It's not like our development plan for, you know, supply for 18 months ago. Yeah, I mean, I think the always thing kind of buzzing around in my head is just that, like, the political situation, I mean, a lot of people are kind of getting at that age. A lot of people I talk to are just like, look, I just want early retirement. Like, I just can't do this anymore. Like, it's just not what it used to be. Like, Costa Rica just seems to be very liberal, free. Like, I want to have a second property down there where I can spend some months and if necessary, you know, just come down and live full time. I'm seeing a lot more of that. 100%. So what what we saw, at least at least what I saw, when COVID hit, the first wave was the end user, right? It was, it was lifestyle play. It was disgruntled. Life is short. It was all those people that in the end, they wanted to be here. They wanted to spend more time here or live here full time. So that was the first wave that really started all of this. And then after that, with just all the exit, exodus of money and, and cash out there, looking to go into different assets, then you had the asset buyers, 
people that were just looking to invest, to buy assets. And I would say that those buyers, that's where we've kind of leveled off. We're not seeing those as much, at least I'm not. I'm not getting someone that's just more park, uh, more investment driven. I'm getting more of the people that continue to be interested, like you said, retire early, want to live here, um, whether that's politically driven, lifestyle driven, you know, whatever it is, but definitely people are looking to be in Costa Rica more often. Absolutely. It's funny. I was at a, I was at a a Mexican bar in uh, a Mexican restaurant in Noha Chow the other day. And I was speaking to the owners. They're originally from Arizona. And it's funny, they were like, hey, you can tell how, how long someone's been in Costa Rica, like, because if they start talking politics, they've only been here a couple of months, but like you get past that real quick and nobody cares. Like after that, if anyone's been no here idea. for like a year, no one talks about it, like, because we don't yeah. care. Like, you know, yeah. here it's about like tide, what's the tide, you know, when's happy hour? Like what's happening like in the area socially, like within the community, um, you know, local farmers markets, that kind of stuff. That's what we talk about. For sure, for sure. And, you know, it, it has been for me, I, you know, I foresaw a lot of political driven type buyers coming in here um, over the you know, last couple of years. And I have been pleasantly surprised how little I've had to deal with that, because, look, it's the same thing for me when, when I'm dealing with with clients. I don't want to hear it either. So um, it, we don't care. We don't care. Yeah, it's I mean, Costa Rica's Puerto Villa. It's it's you know it's just not what. Don't don't bring that energy down here. And yeah. and it's been actually pretty nice that we have not had at least I have not dealt with that like I had anticipated. Um, yeah. I would say people are just you know more so than the politics. I think just the deterioration of the culture. I think I people agree. are just fed up with. Um, the pace and the the unhappiness and and all of those things that unfortunately are a big part of the the U.S. culture these days. Yeah, definitely. Well, I think that's worldwide as well. You know, it's, it doesn't seem to be getting better. It seems to be getting worse. And I think Costa Rica is kind of a beacon of light for a lot of people out there. So it's going to be interesting to see where we go, just because again is, you know, I mean, I constantly say Costa Rica is only just getting started. Like this is a very immature country when it comes to development, pricing, you know, I mean, um, but the one thing that's going to slow it down is our infrastructure and our environmental, um, you know, uh, restrictions here, which is great. So, you know, it's always going to stay as it. it is. I'm with yeah, you. I'm all for it. I, I, I don't, yeah. I mean, I don't want to see this place turn into some huge uh, and gross scale and resorts yeah. everywhere. I mean, I, I like the fact that Costa Rica is not, the, the government is not pushing this super hard. No. So I, I think it's great. I like that we're we're boutique style right in, in, in our tourism and in, in our in our retirement style and everything about us we're we're that boutique destination so yeah, I, I like that we're keeping that definitely well i mean for our listeners a lot of listeners listening on here some people haven't been to costa rica before some people have uh, you know some people are looking to invest into real estate here i mean just give them an idea because you work in kind of the hacko area i mean how much would a two-bedroom beachfront condo cost and how much would a three-bedroom beachfront condo cost like where would they start from yeah so right now we're at the point where beachfront direct beachfront condo fully furnished is really going to be around 300 to 350 a square foot right okay. that's probably the, the best way to, to put it um three bedrooms have become exceptionally hard um, most of the beach for, beachfront inventory has been pretty much cleaned out and we're getting to the point where it's just hard to find anything. 
especially a three bedroom. Um, yeah. So right now, the, the lowest one on the beach, to give you an idea, three bedroom, almost 2000 square feet, exceptional value at 400,000. Yeah. Um, and then it jumps up to in the sixes. Um, there's a couple in, in the mid sixes, um, a two bedroom, two bath, fully furnished on the beach condo, um, 299 is where you're going to start right now. Yeah. So um, still great value. I think a lot of people are, are still finding that that value is there. And, and it seems like throughout the country, just in general, you know, under 250 is becoming a very hard spot to find. So, you know, to get on the beach at 300, it's still a good value. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think the only places at the moment where you're going to get a condo in the 250 mark anywhere near the beach is probably going to be like Coco, you know, Plaza de la Coco, just because there's a vast amount of them. You know, I mean, they're not going to be the most prettiest things, but like, you know, you can get it a couple of blocks from the ocean there. But I agree. I mean, you know, it's, it's you know, it's get it the closer you, closer you get to the beach, you know, the more expensive it gets. So, yeah. I mean, David, you know, I'm, I'm always interested, you know, and I, I know the lessons are as well, just finding those growing beach towns, you know, that are around. I mean, Hako is probably one of the most, you know, developed beach towns along with Tamarindo. But I mean, which areas kind of around there are you starting to see people kind of, you know, as Hako, you know, stuff starts to kind of move further out north and south. I mean, what are some of the beach towns that you, you're that maybe weren't on your radar that maybe are starting to come on your radar? We, we, so we really don't have it. I mean, the Central Pacific. Unfortunately, you know, we don't have a ton of different beaches to develop on, right? So yeah. we're going to have Tarkalis, you know, some smaller beaches in between, Punta Leona, Herradura, Jaco, Hermosa, and Estrios. I mean, yeah. more or less, that's it. Um, Hermosa is a very small section. So most of that's going to be pushed off of the beach. Um, Tarkalis is not a desired area. Herradura is Los Sueños. Punta Leona is pretty much done over there. Um, so there just aren't any new and emerging markets. I would say that the Estorios region is probably the region that stands to have, you know, some future growth there just because it has a lot of land there. And then I think the, the other development you're going to see is eventually up into the mountains because we don't, we haven't taken advantage of our mountains in the central Pacific and we don't have a lot of great ocean view properties. So I think someone is finally going to probably go after that and say, hey, let's start developing up in the, a couple of these mountains here, which is really yep. gonna be more in the Hermosa area and get some great views like what you would see in Evita and Dominical. Cause we we have some stunning views in our Amazing. area. Via Coletas, I mean, there's, there's new development coming out there. And those views are breathtaking with sunset views on top of it. So I think you're going to see that eventually start to develop. And then I think you'll continue to see the, you know, in the Hako area, more of that um, off of the beach, you know, where you're close to town, still close to that infrastructure, maybe that more affordable property. I think you'll see that developed as well. Yeah, I mean, I was asked to consult on a project the other day, you know, is the first entrance you come in a Hako, that corner unit, they're looking to build like a 240 room property there. And they were like, hey, Rich, can you help us with, and I was like, look, guys, that's way beyond. That's not what I do. Uh, you know, 240 rooms, you know, no, that's just way too big. Um, you know, and anyway, it just really wasn't in my wheelhouse. So I referred them off to any, any people. But I, I think guys will probably start to see some new stuff come on, on there, right? The pre-construction stuff. For sure. I mean, we, we do have a couple of things coming. I, you know, it, it's, it's a little frustrating. I don't know where developers, who they talk to, who they consult, who they do their homework, homework with. Yeah. Um, 
if a developer came to me, I'd tell them exactly what to do. And it probably wouldn't be a tower. I mean, we, yeah. we are, we are screaming for single family homes. I agree. Ideally with an ocean view, but another Costa del Sol, like in Bahuco, I mean, just gated communities, single family homes and neighborhoods with infrastructure where again, catering towards that end user, that new buyer that's coming down here with possibly kids, you know, our age, I mean, there, there is a, a huge amount of um, growing population that is looking to live here in Costa Rica and, um, and they want a house and they want pets and dogs and a garage and a yard. And so, and, and that's also where we have probably the least product. So that is really, if anyone's listening, if there's a developer on your podcast and they want to talk opportunity, at least in this area, that's where it is. Yeah, I mean, I kicked myself for not buying that four bedroom that we looked at in Sud del Mar, you know, over there. But just because, again, it was a great value for money. I think it was like 239 or 249, maybe even not that high. I can't remember how much it was when we first looked at it. And I was like, this is pretty like, you know, this is great value for money. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. So, um, and, and, and you can do it in a way where you can get into those price points, right? If you, if you find the right property, um, you know, single family home right now, 399 or less in a gated yeah. community, anywhere near the beach all day long. Yeah. All day long. Definitely. Well, I mean, look, a lot of people have bought properties, you know, um, and they've put them on, you know, to basically, to basically put them as rentals, you know, and a lot of them have decided, you know, to, you know, kind of rent them themselves. I mean, are you still seeing that rentals are pretty strong? You know, is the market getting saturated or, and, and what do you foresee is going to happen there? Yeah. So at least in the Hako area, I, I do think that you had quite a big wave of buyers that came down here looking to buy investment vehicles. And a lot of those, that new wave of buyer did it thinking that they could handle the rentals themselves, right? Yep. So not really needing property management. They want to maximize those returns, doing things on their own. Um, so I do think that you have a lot of that on the market. And I just think that with Airbnb, um, with the way that their algorithms are working, it, it's going to be a bit of a dogfight for some people. And I think there's going to be some people that just, they're, they're novice uh, people that, that are doing this, they really didn't know what they were getting themselves into. And I always told people that, right? Don't think it's as easy as just putting it up on Airbnb and throwing some pictures on there and, and you're, you're going to be good, right? I mean, it's a competitive space. You need to know what you're doing. And it's not something that just every average person will have success with. So I, I do think that there's going to be some some people may be having a gut check there. And what I anticipate is probably there's going to be a lot of people that are going to shift that are doing it on their own, um, reaching out to professionals to probably get some help here in the next year. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, I think it's going to be, you know, I mean, I think the it, it's interesting, Hacko, just because I think that like the average nightly rates are a little lower than in some areas, you know, especially in Guanacaste, just because I think that there is more mark, there is more property there because of the towers. You know, there's a lot more inventory there. Uh, so there's a little bit more competition. So I agree. I mean, when the market gets a little softer, you know, you're going to basically, when the tide drops, you're going to see who basically has their pants down. So it's, it's going to be interesting on that front. And then also what impact that potentially has on people wanting to resell their property. Well, and I think it's important to note 
again, how those algorithms work, right? So yep. the, the, the problem is, is when you have a lot of inventory, even, even if it's during the low season, right? I think the high season- Yeah, that doesn't take part, care of itself. Takes it's care gonna of itself. be fine, right? Where we're seeing yep. signs of it is, is in, those, in those lulls and those slow times. And that's where you see more of that impact because the way that Airbnb is focusing is that they're price driven, right? So that, that drops the whole price of the entire market locally. So if Hako has too much inventory in, in October, well, guess what? Airbnb is going to reward all those people that are dropping their pants. And even come December and January, those are the people that they're going to go back to and they say, hey, we're going to take care of this listing because they were willing to drop their price to $50 or whatever crazy price it is um, yeah. back, back in October. So th th those are the intangibles that I think people don't understand and, and they need to understand when they're managing and handling a rental. So, um, so yeah, we'll, we'll see, I think some adjustments there. I, and, and again, I don't think that there's going to be a huge pullout where, you know, people are going to be selling their properties that they bought in the last couple of years. But I do think that there's going to be a shift. I, I think where people are going to benefit or the people are going to benefit are going to be the property management companies, the big players yeah. and say, Hey, we told you, we told you, you needed us or we needed you. And um, yeah, we'll help you out. It's a full-time job. I mean, you know, again, as I said, you know, I've had Via Bueno under the eight-bedroom, you know, vacation rental for many years. And, uh, you know, and we're lucky just because, again, we have a travel company. We have great direct marketing. You know, I would probably say about only like 20% of our reservations come from Airbnb and VRBO. You know, a lot of it all comes direct or through the agencies. So, um, I mean, what are the mediums have you found that are usually good to create, uh, you know, rental reservations? I, I always, so this is the tip that I always tell buyers. I say, look, focus, if I, find someone to help you and yep. feed the rental, right? Don't, you know, don't look to do this as, as a side gig or, or a job. Let someone that does this for a living handle it. And then you stimulate it and you feed it. That doesn't mean you turn around and also advertise. That means you use your channels and the best channels are local. Right. Yep. Uh, if you're in Chicago or New York or Toronto, chances are that posting something on, on, at, at the office where you work at or, you know, putting something on your Facebook page personally with friends and family. Hey, I got a place in Costa Rica. Anyone want to come down there in January? You find two, three, four of those that you, you can rent and stimulate on your own. That's a huge swing. Um, when you come down and stay at the property, you're probably going to hang out the pool and meet another renter that, oh, you own a place here? Oh, I'd love to come back next year. Grab their number. Yeah. yeah. So, so I, I think it's just organic um, rentals is really the, the best way. And those are honestly the best rentals because you're probably going to know them. You, you, know, you know the person staying, they're going to have a good experience. Um, but I, I think a lot of people just don't don't think about pushing it. Yeah, well, they feel uncomfortable to do it. But I mean, again, I mean, you're helping someone. So make sure that they're aware that you have this place. And again, you're not paying the 15, 20%, whatever, you know, to these, you know, Airbnb, VRBO, et cetera. Yeah, and give them a discount, right? Give give, yeah. give friend, friend, family discount. It's a win-win for everyone. You've got someone yeah. that you know is going to take care of your place. Uh, they'll probably come back to other friends and family. So it's just that organic growth is really the best way. And look, you're not looking to rent it out the whole time. You just want to stimulate it. 
we can turn yeah. around, feed in an extra four or six weeks. A lot of times that's going to be the difference between maybe a, a break even or more profitable situation. Definitely, definitely. Well, I've taken up enough of your time here, David. This has been very insightful. But like my last question is I love to ask everyone, if you inherited uh, $500,000 and had to invest it into a business or real estate in Costa Rica, what would you invest it into? Oh, well, I... I'd, I'd probably split it up if, I, if yeah. I had that today and I was, you know, Brewster's Millions, right? I had to invest it. Um, I'm probably going to put a big chunk of that actually back into my business. I'd probably get very aggressive. Um, and then I would, I, I've been focusing on more properties that I can put long-term rentals in. Um, yep. I live here so I can handle that. It's a little bit different. That's not for every investor, but for someone that's on the ground here, uh, the long term for me is great. There's a, there's a strong demand for it. So multi units, um, anything where I can put full time renters, um, I'm, I'm looking for. And I mean, what returns do you think people are looking at for full time renters? Um, well, I don't want to excite people, right? But on on the properties that I'm getting, I'm I'm doing you know I'm I'm around ten percent, you know, anywhere from I would say eight to twelve percent range is yep. is what I'm netting. Um, but again, you know, that's a different animal, um, you know, and but you've also really probably been able to get in somewhat cheaper, because again, you know what the market can hold and where the opportunity yeah. is. Yeah. It's, it's a combination, right? Getting in a good price. So that's going to help yep. that ROI, um, not having anyone in the middle there taking yep. management fees, right? No commissions, things of that nature. Um, so yeah, I mean, just really, and, and, and having those spots, right, we're identifying where like, oh, that's kind of a, it, it is, by, by and large, it tends to be, I don't want to say slumlording, but it tends to be more, it's more of a grind, right? Yeah. And, you know, you're, you're, at least in our market, that doesn't mean that I'm finding a place and, and renting it to someone for $3,000 a month, right? By yeah. no means, these are properties that you're going to rent for a thousand to fifteen hundred a month. If it's you're gonna bread and butter. It's bread yeah. and butter. You yeah, know? but it's it's long term. It's money that comes in every single month. And yeah, I mean it's it's yeah. steady. And 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 for me, I I like it again. I'm I'm here on the ground. I can handle it. And for me, it's just easier than the day to day of the Airbnb and VRBO up. Yeah. To, right. So um, even though I've got I've got some. Uh, I've got some tenants that uh, do require some some time, you know. Uh, <laughs> so, so yeah, um, but uh, but it's all good. Awesome. Well, David, thanks very much for your time. Anyone that wants to contact David directly, all of his contact details will be in the description below. But really appreciate you taking the time to chat with us here today, David. My pleasure. Uh, hit me up next time you're coming this way, man. I will do, buddy. Okay. All right. Take care. Great podcast there with uh, David Carr, guys. As you can see, he's a wealth of knowledge when it comes to that Hako Hermosa Eredora area. I mean, he's just been down there for so many years, has his own vacation rentals, has his own rentals as well. I mean, all the money that he's made in real estate, he keeps, you know, basically investing it back into what he knows, which is real estate. So 
Um, anyone that wants to contact David, all of his contact description, uh, all of his details are in the description down below. Anyone that wants to reach out to us for any help or guidance, uh, we love due diligence, we love projects, we love helping you basically guide you on investing in Costa Rica, you know, everything from, you know, dirt all the way up to larger development projects. We're about to take on a 250 hectare pro project, uh, so that one's going to be interesting for us as well. But you can reach us info at investingcostarica.com, that's info at investingcostarica.com. Uh, till the next podcast guys we'll speak to you soon thanks bye the number one costa rica real estate and investment podcast bringing you experts from all over costa rica 